98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Yeah, it is the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. A lot of, of buzz still about the news that broke yesterday. Robert Sarver starting plans to sell the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Here to talk about all of that with us from ESPN, NBA insider Brian Windhorst, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Um, we, we've obviously talked a lot about this, the possibility of this happening. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, some people are around the league are surprised that this happened so quickly into the one-year suspension uh, of Robert Sarver. Do you think that the timing of this, Brian, indicates that there was another wave of a, of a storm coming to, to the NBA and, and Robert Sarver that kind of made him see the light and, and make this decision? I don't know the answer to that. I do know that next Sunday and Monday, when the media days happened, um, he was going to take on a lot of uh, extra heat from the players mm-hmm. once the players were speaking. Um, and so, I, you know, I also don't know where the sponsors were. I know, obviously, PayPal made the statement. I don't know if there were other sponsors or other financial pressures that we don't know about. In the, in the case of Donald Sterling, um, there was financial pressure that immediately bore down on the league and the Clippers that led that helped contribute to that quick decision. Um, so, you know, I, I only maybe Robert Sarver knows, but um, I, I really found the whole situation unpredictable. And I think two things that happened in the previous few days. Uh, one was the players' union executive director very aggressively calling for him to be banned for life um, in the midst of collective bargaining. Uh, excuse me, agreement um, discussions, which, um, you know, just underscores how important it was to the union to, to make that statement. The second thing was Draymond Green, I think, very strategically calling for an owner vote, um, which would have forced the uh, owners to take sides on removing Robert Sarver. I found it unlikely that such a vote would ever take place. However, if other players... Um, you know, built off of that and, and and began pressuring all owners to have to answer via a vote. Um, that could have also, I, I think that was a, a new era, a new level of, a, you know, in the discord. And I, 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 I don't know for sure, but I think that that was something that nobody in the, in the ownership circles wanted to see continue to be discussed. Brian, understandably in Phoenix, this is a, a cause for celebration and anybody who went through that decade of dysfunction, um, it, it, I think it's rightfully so to feel those uh, emotions. But you, you call my attention by saying you felt a little sad by all of this because this has become a recurring issue in the league. Uh, I'm curious if you could expand on that. Well, for the third time in eight years, we've had an owner sell um, because um, of racist comments or racist um, uh, acts were discovered. And um, I know that in the case of Sarver, it was more than just that. Um, But this is a league that, um, you know, I'm a part of. I'm not a player, but I'm a part of the league. And um, it's 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 unfortunate uh, i think adam silver said that he had hoped that the league was past this and clearly the league isn't and that is you know sobering and you know i think amongst 
players and people who really wanted Robert Sarver uh, to be gone from the league, yesterday was a great day. And I do think the NBA became uh, potentially a better place yesterday with this decision. But I... But I can't help but be a little bit uh, melancholy that this has happened yet again um, in less than a decade in an era where it is supposed to be such a progressive place, especially amongst all professional sports. Brian Windhorst from ESPN, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, your colleague, Ram- uh, Ramona Shelburne, on ESPN yesterday threw out some, some names and some very, very heavy-hitting names in the business world that could be potential owners. Are those legit names or is there anything off the radar that you've been able to glean so far as possibilities uh, for for Robert Sarver to sell to? Yeah, I would keep an eye on uh, the family of the late uh, Sheldon Adelson. Um, uh, His uh, wife, Miriam, he uh, obviously is worth a... He passed away, I believe, last year. Um, I believe his estate was over $25 billion, uh, mostly known for owning the Venetian um, in Las Vegas. Um, His family and his heirs, uh, I believe, were parts of bids for the L.A. Clippers when Steve Ballmer bought it and were involved in the Raiders, maybe not necessarily to buy the Raiders, but were involved in potentially owning that stadium and maybe being a partial owner of the Raiders. They have sniffed around the NBA in the past. And if you're based in Las Vegas um, and you can't buy a team in LA, the second best place to buy a team would be Phoenix. So um, I would put them on the list um, uh, of, 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 of uh, you know, people to watch. Uh, they certainly have the money and uh, it fits uh, into their geographic. I think in general, this is going to be, you know, a very uh, hot property. Um, uh, a lot of owners, you know, they live on the coasts and, you know, they want to be able to get to their teams pretty closely. I remember talking to Joe Lacob uh, when he talked about, uh, you know, he, had, he when he bought the Warriors, he had kicked the tires on three or four NBA teams and I think a baseball team. He tried to buy the A's and he really wanted to be within an hour or an hour and a half flight of his uh, of his home. And so when you bring in the Los Angeles money, um, the, you know, there's going to be a bunch of bidders. I know that the that the Suns have been valued by Forbes and Sportico at like one point eight, one point nine. I don't I think it's going to blow that out of the water. I think it'll be well over $2 billion. I think you'll have multiple bidders. And the one thing that Robert Sarver still has control of is who he sells to. He gets to decide uh, who can buy this team. And relationships matter. Um, There have been times in the last decade where the highest bidder did not get a team because the uh, the selling party preferred a different, uh, uh, you know, a different buyer. And so that's one thing that Robert Sarver still has control of. Now, uh, any buyer would have to be approved by the NBA, other NBA owners, but uh, Robert Sarver can choose. And that's an interesting factor here. It is interesting. One of the one of the good things about the Suns for most of last year is while this investigation was going on, the basketball culture was remarkably good until it all fell apart at the end. Since then, they've added little bit pieces like Frank Jackson and Damian Lee, who I happen to like, Dwayne Washington. They're floating Jay Crowder out in the trade market. This is a basketball team that that needs help, doesn't need to to 
to diminish themselves. What do you what do you think they're angling for? Do you think they're lining up for a big play here? Do you think they're still holding a space for Kevin Durant come January? What 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 do you think about the state of the basketball product in Phoenix? Well, it's great. I mean, I I I mean, I can't I couldn't say for sure that I thought the Suns would win the title. Uh, win the title last year, but I really liked their chances. I thought they were a very well-constructed, well-focused uh, veteran team, and I was, of course, stunned at the way the season ended, and they are still that team. Um, and when when this storm passes here, it will focus on basketball, and I think it will uh, be a great season for the Suns. You know, I the only thing I can compare this to is the, the, the Atlanta Hawks in 2014-15. Uh, unfortunately, one of the one of the, the situations I referenced uh, earlier with the owners having to sell was that situation. Bruce Levinson announced uh, before the season he was going to sell the team. Uh, the team was for sale throughout the whole year, and Bruce Levinson was not involved. And that team won over sixty games. They had a, they had an excellent team. They had excellent coaching. They put it all together and had a great year. It, it didn't affect them, and I don't expect uh, this situation to affect the Suns. And I also think that they will proceed with business. I think they will, you know, try to get. Cam Johnson into a contract extension. I think they will be interested in the trade market. I don't think that they are in any sort of dire need right now, um, but uh, they have all of their first-round picks going forward. I mean, go look at all these teams in the league. There's not that many teams that can say that. They have um, they have ammunition in a deal. But I will also tell you that I've James Jones has a track record now. And his track record is that he is uh, deliberate when making transactions. Yeah. He he's going to negotiate a certain way, and you know, uh, you know, I, I'm sh- I know that they had discussions with the Jazz about Bogdanovich, and I also know that they were reluctant to offer a first round pick in such a, a deal. And you know, Bogdanovich got traded today, and it wasn't for a first round pick. So, um, you know, I think that you know they have enough talent where they can be judicious, and that's the way James Jones operates. Brian, as always, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. We really appreciate the insight. Have a good day.